on a thousand planets and spreading out. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. Danger, Will Robinson. Danger. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. To the bat poles. May the force be with you. Who is that mask man? Avengers, assemble. Good afternoon and welcome to the Fantastic Forum. I'm your host, Ulysses E. Campbell. I feel compelled to observe that this weekend marks one full year since production was relocated out of the WERA broadcast studio due to the pandemic. Kudos to the panelists and guests who have assisted through remote participation, and I'm proud that this show has been able to continue to produce new episodes during this crisis. Now, some genre-related news. Several new trailers dropped last week, including a teaser for The Boys Season 3 and full trailers for Suicide Squad 2 and Star Wars The Bad Batch. You can view them on one of the FF social media platforms. And while you're there, if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and like us on Facebook. We like to be followed and we love to be liked. The Boys returns for its third season on Amazon Prime later this year. They actually just went into production uh, back in February. The Suicide Squad will be released simultaneously in theaters and via HBO Max on August 6th. And Star Wars The Bad Batch debuts May 4th, Star Wars Day, on Disney+. It was announced this week that Obi-Wan Kenobi, the new Disney Plus special event series, starring Ewan McGregor, will begin production in April. Hayden Christensen returns as Darth Vader. And joining the cast are Moses Ingram, Joel Edgerton, Bonnie Pisi, Kamel Nanjiani, Indria Varma, Rupert Friend, O'Shea Jackson Jr., Sung Kang, Simone Kessel, and Benny Safdie. Godzilla vs. Kong director Adam Wingard is attached to lead a CGI adaptation of Rankin Bass's Thundercats. Wingard and Simon Barrett will write the script. Wingard aims to create a hybrid CGI film that has a hyper-realistic look and manages to bridge the gap between animated cartoon and CGI. And speaking of Godzilla vs. Kong, the film performed strongly overseas, taking in over 121 million, over 70 million of that from China, marking the most profitable debut of a Hollywood movie in that country since 2019. Its domestic opening in the pandemic-reduced market was $9.6 million, which was the best opening day for a movie in the coronavirus era. Stars has announced that it is canceling American Gods following its third season, although the cable network has indicated there could be a special or movie event that ties up existing plot lines. And creator Neil Gaiman has said in a statement that the show is definitely not dead. He's committed to completing the story that began in episode one and is trying to determine the best way forward. 
Warner Brothers and DC Comics have announced that the New Gods movie project, which was under development and slated to be directed by Ava DuVernay, will not be moving forward at this time. DuVernay had been working on the project along with comics writer Tom King since 2018. DuVernay posted a picture of herself and King via Twitter along with the following statement. Tom, I loved writing New Gods with you. I'm upset that the saga of Barda, Scott, Granny, Highfather, and the Furies ends this way. Diving into Kirby's fourth world was the adventure of a lifetime. That can't be taken away. Thank you for your friendship, and remember, hashtag Darkside is. Warner Brothers has indicated that although the project is being shelved, it could return in the future. Also put into mothballs was James Wan's Aquaman spinoff, The Trench. Now I'll introduce today's panel. We're talking about the newest Marvel Studios television offering, The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Joining me today are Julian Lytle and Derek Horton. Fellows, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Bang, bang, bang. Well, thank you. And, you know, it, it's funny because a couple of weeks ago we had uh, five and now I have three. <laughs> and so it's, I think it all evens out in terms of the number of folks you have on. But fortunately, uh, we are all extremely opinionated. I don't think it's going to be a problem uh, in terms of carrying uh, an entire show. So before we get started with the main topic of discussion for today's show by the time this show airs on saturday there will have been a couple of days of kong versus godzilla excuse me godzilla versus kong i'm sorry <laughs> i'm old school i still remember like you know i mean although i'm assuming even king kong versus godzilla in japan it was godzilla versus king kong i'm right assuming on. that right so julian you have actually see and and quite as it's kept you're working on your review even as we speak because we're taping this a couple of days before Saturday. So um, tell us what you thought. I will spoil it, but it's a good movie. Yeah, like, no, no, no. That, you say there's a 40-minute fight. The director said there's a 40-minute fight. There's a 40-minute fight. <laughs> like, yeah. if this was in the theater, like, if you could, you understand, like, people would be getting tight because, like, it's 40 minutes of, of insanity, of giants. Mm. Like, I love it. Titans. It felt it felt like for real. It was dudes in suits, but not dudes in suits. Like it was really dudes in the mocaps, and they was running around like wow. a little fake ass city, <laughs> doing this blocking this fight out, and hey, then they wow. they built like a CG city that they could tear up. Hey. So it felt like a super expensive version of what Japan does every week. You know what I'm saying? Because Japan mm. is spending they they ain't spending no GDP. Or no movie like mm, crazy. Yeah, we gotta feed the people yeah. and give them health care. But yeah. over over here, we like, <laughs> yo, hundred million used to make this joint look hot, and they <laughs> they were successful. <laughs> <laughs> they were successful. I was like, they they use some boxing frame like camera work, like stuff you would see in boxing. We was like Creed, but it's with monsters. <laughs> wow. All they need was a little bell, like ding ding. <laughs> <laughs> like they could have co had like this man do the. In one corner. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Michael Buffer thing. You want to hear like that whole? But it felt like a wrestling ready to rumble. It, oh, okay. It, it right. felt it, like it literally <laughs> felt like no holes barred, false count anywhere. Folks jumping off of things. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. 
Well, all right, that that's Vince McMahon, no question. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, oh they, they, oh they really out here got them really wrecking out here. Like, dang, like, all right, because for a second I thought like Godzilla ain't looking right because they got him moving so much. I ain't used to that, and yeah, but they got him doing all type of techniques. Like, you mm. know, they got Kong out here. You know, people, yeah, man, they got Kong. They got Kong out here. He doing, he being, he being a full, full ass ape primate with it, with ape intelligence. But this is under two hours, this movie, which is also shocking no, to me because no, I'm not under, it's, it's just two hours. Oh, so, oh, okay. All right. Like, when you, well, when you add the credits, it's like two hours. So, oh, okay. All right. Because I thought I saw something where they said, like, the running time was, I mean, and it wasn't like way under two hours. I mean, it was like, man, if just it is, under just like hours. five minutes, man. If it is under, it's literally like minutes to the point where that don't matter no more. You know, mm-hmm. you do one pause, you're two hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go to the bathroom once and say, oh, <laughs> it don't feel that mm. long, but that movie moves quick. Mm. Like all that stuff with the last movie, because I like the last movie. Mm-hmm. They had all these, uh, I lose, you know, the good, the good human story trying to connect it to like the old stuff and yeah. all those Easter eggs. No, 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 there's no, no, they be moving Get straight to it. Like the, the, the humans almost like the human parts they didn't even care about, right? Other than to the point to get. To find a way to figure out to get Kong off the island. That's about it. Like, we got to find a way to get Kong off the island so the Godzilla could try to whoop him. Literally, that's, mm-hmm. that's what the people are there for. Huh. And to get here from point A to point B, because there's a point in which they go somewhere else, and then somehow they have to somehow get someplace really far really quickly, and they pull it off in the most cartoon way <laughs> ever. Mm. This is the most disrespectful Godzilla ever like disrespectful like i don't respect <laughs> nobody this is my planet like <laughs> all right so uh there you have it certified fresh <laughs> all right so the falcon and the winter soldier uh of course there have only been uh three episodes out so far at the point at which this show airs which literally takes us halfway through the run of this six episode uh i'm gonna call it limited uh prestige series for one of something better but the quality of this thing has just been so incredibly high and i'm i'm loving every minute of this as much as i was loving wandavision you know the storytelling with the falcon and the winter soldier is a lot more traditional and uh, you know from episode one you know where we've got falcon flying around and helicopters trying to take him out and all this kind of thing so you know more standard superhero action like what we're accustomed to so um anyway but i'll 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 start uh, asking each of you and uh uh derek let's start with you uh so how are you enjoying this show so far I love it, and I'm gonna stamp everything you, that you just said about it. Feels more like a Marvel show, movie. I did enjoy Wandavision, but this is more of what I wanted and what I need right now. There's so many themes throughout uh, the show, but the ones I really picked up on on was uh, the Vietnam vet coming home, the superhero coming home after uh, fighting aliens. Uh, the Vietnam vet coming home uh, after fighting uh, for his country and not being able to uh, get a loan from a bank. 
we're still seeing echoes of that, you know, uh, to this day. So it's really hitting home on some real uh, relatable things. I love uh, that there was a black Captain America. I love that I was a black super soldier. I love that I didn't know that. It just came out of nowhere. And I love that. Uh, my sons, I watched it with my sons. They enjoyed that part. Great storytelling. I love Anthony Mackie. I love Sebastian Stan. I love their chemistry. I think it's one of the best shows on TV right now. Okay. All right. Um, so, uh, Julian, what about your first thoughts with this thing? My first thoughts, this is the blackest thing Marvel's done. Um, uh, facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, so people might be like, they might sit there and say, like, what about Black Panther? No, that's making up a fictional African country exactly. with Afrofuturist. That's trying to make stuff that's like African. I know his name is Black Panther. No, this is about black people dealing with black people stuff. Yes. And there's different types of black people in it. Um, there is the point where, yeah, well, Sam is either a veteran or active duty soldier on leave. And yeah, he he's having issues with his family. They lost their parents or whatever. And he doesn't want to give up their legacy while his sister is like, well, I got to feed my kids. You know what I'm saying? It's like, mm-hmm. he can't get along because, yeah, it's partially raised, but it's also he's famous. How does that navigate the thing where, you know, yes. there's black people you see that's famous, but that doesn't stop them from being black. Um, there's there's everything with his conversation with Rhodey. Whereas one, it's a, it's a, a person you could tell is a little bit older and a higher level officer, that's mm-hmm. in a similar position because he was the homie of Iron Man, yeah. and he's a person where like even from Jump you saw him, and he's like, oh I'm I'm getting a remember when you first saw him next time I'm getting a suit next movie we saw he took a suit, turned it into his own suit, right, and had to smack up his homie who was the main hero, to let him know what time it was. So he's mm. coming at Sam like, hey, man, like, what's going on here? Why don't you feel? And there's a lot going on in their dialogue without them saying it. And they Facts. understand each other. Facts. And it helps that it is Anthony Mackie and Don Cheeto. And they, yeah. you know, they, they, they're good actors and they have enough roles outside of all this stuff that they can pull that, the subtle, unspoken dialogue that's happening between the two off. Um, Yo, my man John Walker got a black wife or girlfriend. He got a black homeboy. I boy. noticed that too. He went to a black high school with a black marching band. Black he played for a black football team. This is the blackest show Marvel has done. You are facts on that. It's it's only one white man character, and that's the Winter Soldier. Facts. Like there's, you know, it is his doctor, but even the quote unquote antagonist right now of the Space Bashers is a mixed black girl. Like. <laughs> Every mm-hmm. like everybody black except for Winter Soldier, he don't even. He's just like, yo, I just got to He he's just dealing with actual. He like he got the real serious vest story because he's got to deal with all the stuff he did when he was mind controlled. And, and I almost like it. He don't even want to be the hero. He's literally like, my job is to be the partner. Why didn't you be Captain America? Like, what is going on? Like, now I got to deal with this this goofy guy. Running around with my homeboy shield, like what do we do? <laughs> like it's it's a lot of good stuff going on in the show that I didn't expect, but you could tell there's a black person in charge. It doesn't take long before you're like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah this is there's black hands at play in the dough. 
Indeed, indeed. Because when I saw Nate Moore's name, I was wondering why I hadn't seen his name on more stuff since the Black Panther. But all the observations. too. He's the one that runs the show. I mean, I had no idea who the showrunner was. He recently had a show on FX called Hip Hop Uncovered. It told about a lot of the um, people who are blurry line of the streets who helped yeah. build up a lot of the stuff in, in rap music. But yeah, he's he's a good he's a good creator. Um, yeah, everything you're saying, I think, is dead on. I can tell you the tagline, <laughs> the tagline I'm gonna use going forward is is the blackest show Marvel's ever made. <laughs> you know, that's gonna I, that that yeah. But um, what you were saying though. Uh, Julian about legacy uh, kind of moves me because uh, that interaction between Rhodey and Sam uh, yeah, and, and the fact that you point out that you know Rhodey was the guy who was there with Tony Stark and you know of course Sam the guy who's there with Captain America but their differing and divergent experiences at least partly because as big as Tony Stark was, he wasn't the American icon that Captain America was. And this is despite, uh, you know, the, the backstory that they have with him, with his father, Howard Stark, and his contributions to national defense and, and all of that. Even, you know, the, the legacy that he left for uh, Tony in terms of... Uh, preceding Tony into being a weapons manufacturer and not, not just a weapons manufacturer, the weapons manufacturer, but Captain America, you know, because of the red, white, and blue, that's, you know yeah, that, and, and, and the fact that even though Rhodes was able to embrace becoming War Machine, that Sam had to kind of step back a little when Steve Rogers presented him with the shield, even though Steve felt like, hey, you know, you need to you need to take this thing up. You're the guy who I'm handpicking to do this. But Sam not feeling as if he measured up or that he was worthy. And the other thing that's funny to me about that is, well, Bucky's reaction. Bucky was like, Steve gave this to you. And you gave it away. You know, how could you how could you do this? You're listening to Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia, and streaming via WERA.FM. We are your community radio station. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I am joined today by Derek Horton and Julian Lytle, and we are talking about the latest, greatest. TV series from Marvel Studios. It is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Debuted three weeks ago, halfway through the six-episode run, and we have already uh, declared this to be the blackest show Marvel has ever done. And I don't mean black as in dark comedy black. You know, I'm talking about the African-American experience. As a comics fan and something of a purist, one of the main complaints that I have about the Marvel Cinematic Universe is that it does not, in my estimation, it doesn't follow 
what's in the, the comic book source material closely enough. All right. I'm sorry. I mean, I still think about comic book Thanos where, you know, Thanos didn't want to kill half the population. Thanos wanted to kill everybody. You know, I mean, they've kind of reduced him to a super friends villain in my mind. But well, he, didn't, um, he didn't get that shot. Remember, he didn't get a chance. Even in the go by the comics, he didn't get to he didn't get to. He only got to do have. And then they they fixed that. So they kept they kept it. They kept it similar. But, you know, they have stepped because they didn't they didn't want to make him in love with death because I guess they didn't want to. They didn't want they, I guess that was too existential for people who make the, mo- the movies. They was like, what do you mean he's in love with? There's a personification of death. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, that always that always let me. The, the Thanos is, is a is a is a deeper thing that I don't want to get on my high horse on on. Like, this is this is it. This is this is this is, this is your king. This is your big bad. OK, but. I, I like the way it used the blip. You can also tell that, that originally this show that was supposed to go first. Like, yes, because it feels the closest into, in terms of, the, the ending of Endgame. It feels like you watch Endgame, you see the end right. of it. You watch, you watch Far From Home, which feels like, literally like two weeks after Endgame, and then you watch this, and it feels like, max like two or three months after Endgame. Right. You know, but you know, things got shifted around, pandemic worries. Um but it 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 I was surprised with with how they they're keeping this buddy action movie, you know, you know, it feels like some MCU it feels like the MCU with some fast and furious sauce on it, some <laughs> seasoning, you know, the right amount of humor, not that annoying humor, the right, right type of humor, you know, like I like Sam saying the big three and that whole back and forth with with with, with Bucky was hilarious. Yeah. I actually like the part where you know they're in the Jeep and my man says his name was Battlestar and, <laughs> and Bucky's like, oh stop this Jeep. I am not I'm I'm getting off. Like right. you, you fake black me is called battle. Right. Now nah, I'm done. I'm a, I'm gonna walk to the base. I ain't doing like that was I was like <laughs> I had to pause because that just had me crying. Like I was like Bucky has no time for none of these people. Those little little bits of humor, like with with that part where I just talked about with Bucky and and it's interesting to see the memes about John Walker after the first one. You know, you yeah, see the first hated. episode, <laughs> he's like he's like manga cap, and then you see the second episode, and he's like, well, wait, he. Like he's probably way more involved with the black community than than Steve ever was. Right. <laughs> like, hey, facts, all facts. Like he's 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 Chet Hanks maybe out here. Like you know, growing up Chet Hanks, he might be. Hey. Like I'm looking, I'm looking. When I saw the first with the first ten minutes of that, I was like, hold up, that means, hold up, John Walker probably he probably knows how to play spades. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's yeah, he been he, to some cookouts. He been into the cookout. Like, yeah. You know, it's not like oh, you can come. No, you know his girl didn't brought him to the cookout. He didn't. He didn't had the. He probably washed the ribs. You know, mm-hmm. he probably done a whole bunch. You know, he probably got ice at Seven Eleven. He's probably mm-hmm. done a lot of things. You know, yeah, I bet he might even got a little bit of handle because he got a black homeboy. Like, I'm like, oh, this is, this is not the, this is not the John Walker. And Battlestar from the comics when they comic really books, no, 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 not no. at all. They were, uh, they were <laughs> not trash. at they all. They were annoying. Yeah. I don't know, but these two guys, I'm like, oh, I was always looking like yeah. that. Oh, he's yeah. Black. They don't, like they don't seem like they're that bad. No, <laughs> I, I hear no. you. They like, don't seem like they're that bad. And like there was Sam this universal a, was hatred. 
for this guy. Yeah, yeah, you know. In fact, they're coming off a lot more likable and sensible than Sam and Bucky are. I mean, because I'll tell you, that whole, like, fellas, we ought to work together, I'm like, you know, I have a difficult time <laughs> saying that that's a bad idea, <laughs> especially the way all of them got their, hand, their heads handed to them you know, in that fight on top of the two trucks. Like, yeah, it's like now it's interesting to see, but I'm like, okay, when I watched the show, Bucky is saying we're jerks to, 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 to do cap and battles. Uh, they came out and it's like, hey guys, like you have a little bit of trouble. Why don't we join in and uh, even odds? And they was out there and they just, just like, I just, I just don't like you. Like, we, they, they didn't do nothing to you. Like, I get it. And then people watch it like, yeah, because because he called. Sam a sidekick. Like, let's be honest. Like, most people thought Falcon was Captain America's sidekick, but you know, the fan, the fan. It's interesting how they they fold into the story. They get that caught up into the narrative. And I'm sitting there like, man, Sam and Bucky are jerks. But I kind of like this John Walker. I don't like U.S. Agent. Like, yeah, at all. He's a he's he is not a good person in the comics. He's he's trash. Well, it does beg some questions though. In episode two, when they introduced. Isaiah Bradley. I was real struck by that. In fact, when Bucky said something about, he just said Isaiah, and my mouth dropped. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you know? And, he, and then he, he took Sam to the house. I was sitting there watching this with my jaw dropped. Um, you know, Derek, you're not as familiar with the comic book source material, but um, I, Isaiah Bradley no, was, I mean, not only was he a black Captain America, but he was Captain America before Steve Rogers was Captain America. <laughs> and no clue. Uh, I had no clue. Yeah, yeah. Well, what happened? There was a um, is a story called Truth, Red, White, and Black, and uh, it was a limited series written by uh, Robert Morales and drawn by Kyle Baker. And what they reveal in this comic book is that. Before, I mean, a la the Tuskegee experiment. In fact, it's it's an incredibly well-written comic. But um, before they tested the serum on these white guys, they got a bunch of black soldiers and they shot them up full of this stuff. You know, it's like they're like, exactly. hey, let's let's exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's like, let's see how this crap works. You know, <laughs> ultimately, Isaiah Bradley was the one who survived basically and uh, and he had he actually had a career as the black captain america the other thing that i find fascinating about the introduction of the isaiah bradley character is that they have uh, his um his his grandson elijah bradley and elijah bradley actually becomes a superhero called the patriot who becomes active with the young avengers and so um, you know, one wonders if there isn't some foreshadowing to a nice. Young Avengers, uh, you know, story at some point, because, you know, now they've had virtually all of the members of the Young Avengers that in one story or another, uh, they have given Almost. you glimpses of. Yeah. You know, they, so they I mean, I think, close. yes, yes. And, and and so there's been a lot of speculation about all of that. We'll we'll come back to that because, of course, that musical cue means that it's time for us to take a short break. Fantastic Forum comes to you via WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia. We're a community radio station. 
and we rely on the ongoing generosity of our underwriters, our sponsors, and listeners like you in order to be able to continue to operate this vital community resource. Visit the website at WERA.FM or our parent organization, Arlington Independent Media at ArlingtonMedia.org to find out how you can support and become a part of community radio, community media. So don't touch that dial. Uh, We're going to step aside just for a moment, but Julian and Derek and I will be right back with more fantastic forum right after this. And welcome back to the Fantastic Forum on WERA 96.7 FM in Arlington, Virginia, and streaming via WERA.FM. We are Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell, and I'm joined today by Derek Horton and Julian Lytle. So we're a person short for what is ordinarily a forum, but let me tell you something. This is like the triumvirate of terror. We're just tearing it up here in this discussion about Marvel's blackest show yet, which is The Falcon and the Winter Soldier airing on Disney+. Plus. So um, in the first half of the show, uh, I think that Julian had mentioned about Black Panther. And I know some of you listening, you know, when you hear somebody say, oh, it's Marvel's blackest show yet. Oh, but what about the Black Panther? Important distinction where the Black Panther is concerned. Because even though the Black Panther, T'Challa, King of the Wakandas, was the first black character that Marvel created, he is an African king. Turns out, Sam Wilson, the Falcon, is the first African-American superhero that Marvel created. And of course, the Falcon debuted in Captain America and uh, Cap's longtime partner, I mean, yeah, in terms of the MCU, people look at him, you know, like he's a sidekick. His name was right up there on the masthead along with Captain America. And I want to say it was a good, it was like a good hundred issues, uh, practically, you know, where it was Captain America and the Falcon. A number of years that uh, that those two were partnered up. Uh, But uh, some really great stories, the foundation of a lot of what uh, Marvel is is doing here today but uh like i said the the tv show and the movies are kind of their own thing Uh, and of course like i said we're halfway through this it seems like they're continuing to introduce characters every week but um each of you and i'm going to start with julian uh where do we see this thing going i mean do we have any idea are we just along for the ride i mean what do you hell you're actually one of the better writers I know, Julian. <laughs> Just based on the foreshadowing and what we know about these characters to date, where do you see this thing going? Uh, well, I see that their need to go talk to um, a former big bad who was completely right in his beliefs, um, Zemo. Uh, that that's going to cause him to break out, and they got to help clean up their mistake, which is going to make them look. Even worse in the eyes of John Walker and Battlestar and, you know, the overall um, hierarchy of the military and the United States government, because they're going to mess up and he's going to get out. Uh, The antagonist 
of the leader of the Flag Smashers, I, and her name, I forgot it. Clearly, she's not a bad guy, bad guy. Uh, she has pretty honorable beliefs, but she's probably getting used because how do all these people get to be super soldiers? Hmm. And I do think this is going to tie itself back to Isaiah Bradley. And my personal that I don't believe is actually going to be right. But I have this feeling that that young woman is also going to be connected to Isaiah Bradley somehow. Uh, hmm. But she's mixed. Yes. And yeah, like I don't, I don't know. It, it, I could be wrong because I have a feeling they might swerve on the on the Patriot thing. I I just have a feeling they're gonna they're gonna swerve us a little bit. Um. But it, it's going to be. There's going to have to be. There's going to have to be a reason for Sam to get the shield, and I don't know why yet. Like I don't. I don't know how. I don't know how John Walker becomes a a heel hero, an anti-hero yet. Like. But you think know. he's destined for that? Yeah, but also, I mean, more I also a la that, his character in the comics. Yeah, I also think that like he has superpowers, but he doesn't know it. Because the way they had him tossing that shield around, I was like, hmm. bruh, yeah. that's not human, regular humans. Did they did they juice you up? Did you you, you sure you trusting <laughs> trusting United States military in this? You know, in the Marvel universe, you know they've been they've been infiltrated by Hydra before. They they can't always be, you know, the good guys. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's got. You're right. He's got to have something. And uh, but uh, that that that's one of those kind of gray areas for me in terms of comic books in general because that whole costumed athlete thing. Uh, you had people who characters who were introduced in comics and they'd be hanging around with the lead heroes for a couple of issues and then something would happen and they'd end up putting on a costume. I mean, the most egregious example of this in my mind is Patsy Walker becoming the Hellcat because, yeah, I mean, now, now she was described as being a Olympic level athlete to begin with, which I'm like, okay, even if I, as questionable as that is. But then she puts on the suit, and she's whooping ass. And I'm like, okay. And this wasn't, you know, like, I mean, just um, uh, Derek, just FYI. This wasn't same Patsy Walker as, uh, well, they called her Trish on the Netflix uh, show. Right. Uh, yes. But, yeah, I mean, but she was basically Hellcat. and uh, and But, again, she was enhanced. Uh, the Patsy Walker in the comic books just put on the cat's old costume and like i said she's kicking ass but um, she was a fat she was a romance comic character yes. that they didn't want to get rid of and they had yeah. to use the copyright it's like we'll just fold her into this all this other stuff. <laughs> like well she and does all this awesome. amazing stuff anyway so yeah she can put her in the defenders wow who cares if you the know? defenders like she you know and valkyrie's friend yeah, well, and this is after hanging around with the Avengers. You know, it's like, oh, she could easily after you've been fighting with the Avengers, you could easily go be with the Defenders. That was like, that was that was no puzzle. Oh, um, uh, I had to look up uh, Carly Morgenthau because I didn't remember that character's name from uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier either. But uh, yeah, this business with the Super Soldiers is uh, 
uh, well, it's perplexing, say. But, uh, Derek, I'm going to ask you the same question. Uh, where, do, where do you see this thing going? I mean, just as a fan who's enjoying it, saying it's the best thing you've seen from Marvel so far. Where, uh, or maybe it's where, where would you like it to go? I mean, either way. Well, I, I definitely felt uh, some of the things that Julian was saying and how will Falcon get the shield back and, and things like that. It's obvious that uh, we're going to have to pick a side. Uh, there's two white guys, there's two black guys. You know what I'm saying? I love the dynamic and the optics of that. Uh, Battlestar is the worst name ever. Uh, <laughs> even, even fake, fake Captain America. You know what I'm saying? I'm already rooting against them. I already know White Wolf. I already know Sam. You know what I'm saying? So I'm already rocking with them. Uh, uh, but again, I think uh, there's going to be a division among superheroes again. That, that's why I feel like this is going. This is it's going to be a new set of superheroes who felt like the old superheroes did it wrong or did it a, a different way. And we're not going to do it like that anymore because that's what this feels like now, right? The government, we have our own superheroes and we want to do it like this. It's almost like, like Civil War again. And Sam and Bucky are like, well, we got to do it like this. We're outside of you guys. We don't have to do it like that. And so I think, you know, moving forward, any new superhero that they uh, introduce is going to be on one of these sides. If they're in their own show or if they're uh, in a movie, uh, I think going on the next 10 years, each side will be. I mean, each new hero is going to be picking a side. I think hmm. uh, this uh, special agent dude is here to stay. I think Battlestar is here to stay. These guys, we're going to see these guys for the rest, the rest of the uh, duration of uh, this 10-year period. Watching the way that the movies have unfolded uh, versus the comic books, hmm. uh, it's, it's in some ways, it's an opportunity that the movies have because the comics characters don't age at all. And uh, they're sort of stuck in this perpetual, oh, it's been about eight, nine years since the Fantastic Four uh, became the first superheroes on the scene. Mm. And, um, you know, just based on the age of the children and, uh, you know, who have grown up to a certain point and then, you know, they're not really aging anymore either. But, <laughs> uh, you know, consequently, we have characters that uh, first debuted in the early 1960s and here we are in the 21st century now 2021 and we're still dealing with these same characters and i mean i'll give you a great example when they first brought captain america back in the mid 1960s it was oh here's captain america uh, back after having been frozen in ice for 20 years and then oh he'd been frozen in ice for like 40 years and then he was frozen in ice for like 60 years. And it's just the time that dude has been frozen in ice just keeps getting longer and longer. as uh, you know, the time that uh, they have to account for. And what they seem to have an inclination to do with the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is something that they haven't been able to do with the comic books in that you can actually transition some of these characters. You have some of them die or age out and you right. bring up these lesser known characters. Now, right. you know, that is something that I personally have always been extremely resistant to in the comic books, but you don't have to worry about it in the comics when you have different people drawing them and different people writing them as opposed to particular performers being associated by the viewing public with yes. these roles, you know? And, uh, you know, especially given the fact that some of these characters were brought to prominence by the portrayals of these particular 
performers, you know? Yes. I mean, and it's different, say, with Batman, you know, who's been Christian Bale and Adam West and God knows how many other people, Superman, same deal. But when people think about Iron Man, all they see is Robert Downey Jr. When they think about Captain America, you know, all they see is... Uh, uh, what's it? Chris Evans? Thank you. To me, it's um, you know these characters are, are modern mythology. They're larger than life, and right. I don't want to see Iron Man die, and I don't want to see Captain America <laughs> age out. I want to I want to keep seeing adventures with these characters. Um, another question for you guys, because we talked a little bit about uh, the introduction of John Walker and how uh, people have the hate for this character i mean you know julian referenced some of the memes that have been coming out and this was at the end of the first episode you had seen eight seconds literally of this character and everybody hated him and uh i want to ask why but before i do that i'm going to remind our listeners that this is fantastic forum on wera 96.7 fm in Arlington, Virginia, and streaming via WERA.FM. Radio Arlington. I'm Ulysses E. Campbell. I'm joined today by Julian Lytle and Derek Horton. We are talking about The Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the latest, greatest TV presentation from the juggernaut that is Marvel Studios. So, um, yeah, why, what, what's with all the hate? And uh, Derek, let's start with you. And this is going to be personal. And maybe a lot of people feel like this. Captain America is my favorite Avenger. Chris Evans did a fantastic job. Uh, he did uh, Hugh Jackman on this character, right? Hugh Jackman is only Wolverine to me now. He can't be anything else. <laughs> Chris Evans, you know, Captain America. And when he said Avengers Assemble, man, that just, that was the period on the end of that sentence, man. He is the guy. You know, he is the leader of all these superheroes. Uh, who is this Fugazi Captain America that we have? <laughs> he, can't even, he can't even fit the costume right, yo. You know what I'm saying? Like, who is this guy? Maybe uh, future uh, episodes and maybe future movies, I may feel different. But right now, man, it feels like a stepdad. It's like a new coach. We, I'm resistant. I am resistant to him and battles. Star, Battle Cat, whatever his name is, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I am resistance. Hmm. All right. Uh, Julian, what's with all the hate for John Walker, the uh, Super Patriot, the new Captain America? And I shouldn't call him Super Patriot. Again, that was who he started out as in the comic books before Steve Rogers abandoned the identity of Captain America for the second time. <laughs> and the uh, U.S. government decided they wanted to fill those shoes. But yeah, what's with the hate? Man, people just want to get these jokes off. <laughs> it's, um, it's the act that we just seen the stuff they never seen without the facial hair, without the beard. And it's like, look at this old dude with this old big old jaw. And they had to get these jokes off. But now I guess it's now it's just it just continues because again, like, like our friend Derek here is like. They got time invested in, in Chris Evans and Steve Rogers. You know, they got time invested with Sam Wilson and, and, and Bucky Barnes. So seeing a new dude come in, even when our heroes actually are wrong in terms of how they treat them, they like, nah, man, we rocking with, you know what I'm saying? I don't care about John Walker. I'm sitting here as a person. Facts. Facts. As a person that's like, 
you know, I'm like Ulysses. I done read all these books. I'm not. I'm a. Uh, I'm a more person that's like they need to reboot every like ten to fifteen years instead of <laughs> keeping this continual storyline from the '60s because you know DC don't have that problem that you just talked about with the pushing mm. the cat when frozen for twenty, then thirty, then forty, <laughs> then fifty. Guess what? Superman became Superman in 2011. How about that? We <laughs> reboot the whole thing. But um. So I'm sitting here like, oh, okay, I want to see. I, I always sit back. I want to see what they're going to do. And um, I got my issues with Marvel, but I was entertained. These first two little action movie, buddy comedy, it's like two. It's like if you had Lethal Weapon and then you had um, another buddy cop movie characters in the same movie. But it's all and like they, And they're supposed to like, yeah, but it's, it's like, but it's like literally two different set of buddy cop characters. But now they're supposed to like each other. And they're like, oh, no, nah, I don't like them. We leave the weapon. Like, I don't like the bad boy. <laughs> I don't like them. I don't got to like them, dude. <laughs> we do things our way. We first. <laughs> I got the crazy white guy. Like, I got the crazy white guy that got issues. That can kill people 50 clicks out. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got the jokes. That's you guys. That's, that's what it feels like right now. That's the dynamic. So I I don't know why they hate no John Walker. They didn't, they don't even have the history of US agent. That's why I don't get why they yeah. hate them. It's like like how do y'all y'all don't even know him? Like I should hate him. But I'm like, I'm just when they can put him in his his black and red <laughs> suit. That's what I'm saying. He looks like the substitute teacher. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, his black and red suit. That was actually Steve's black and red suit. The captain. <laughs> the captain. I understand. I know where it's from. <laughs> oh, I he know you do. Like... He wore it longer, so it's it's John's suit to me. <laughs> well, that's true. You know, well, I tell you, one of the other, and, and this is you know me going down that rabbit hole as a fan of the comics. Um, and it just goes to show you how different the comics are in as time goes on. So the first time, and this was mid-70s, when Captain America, uh, Steve Rogers, first put aside the suit, um, you know, was after the uh, Secret Empire saga and the White House suicide. And the implication behind Steve Englehart's story was was that Richard Nixon was actually... Uh, the the head of the secret empire and when he was discovered he committed suicide and uh, cap witnessed the suicide was terribly uh, dismayed and disheartened uh, distraught at what he had seen despondent uh, let's see if I can think of any other disses but yeah he was messed <laughs> up and he put aside the, 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 the suit and he became the nomad the man without a country and I was thinking about this the other day because, uh, at least at that point, the United States government did not take the suit back and put somebody else in it. The next time that he put aside the costume, uh, it went, he, excuse me, he didn't actually put aside the costume. The United States government took the costume from him because they didn't like some of the stuff that Steve Rogers was doing. They didn't agree with his politics. And they said, you know what? You did not create Captain America. We did. And we simply gave you the costume, gave you the shield. Well, we're taking it back now, and we're giving it to somebody else. And uh, Cap had had these run-ins with this uh, guy, the Super Patriot. And he was the one that they selected to put in this costume. 
And, uh, you know, so there you have it. But I, I always, I mean, and I love that second story. I mean, I like both those storylines, but I thought it was interesting how uh, the second storyline was a bit more mature in that Steve Englehart hadn't looked at what the government's reaction would be if Steve Rogers put aside the costume. I thought that was a real compelling argument that the U.S. government made for, hey, yeah, we originated this, not you. You know, we have merely allowed you to function in this role, you know. And actually, even what Rogers did afterwards made a lot more sense in the comic books because, I mean, the Nomad didn't even have a shield, you know. I mean, this guy, he, he basically continued doing what he did with the same skill set, power set that he had. It was just he wasn't wearing red, white, and blue. He was wearing red, white, and black, you know, when he did it. And then when he became Captain America again and there was no captain, uh, you know, John Walker, they basically switched costumes. And John Walker put on the red, white, and black and started calling himself the U.S. agent, you know. And uh, it does does sort of beg the question as far as how John Walker is going to come out of this. Let me, I, 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 I honestly haven't given it a lot of thought. But I think, I mean, what I'm curious about in terms of where things go is uh, what is going to be Zemo's role in all of this? Um, You know, these flag smashers, again, something that they have based on the blip, you know, where, oh, these these uh, political philosophy that has arisen from we liked it better the way it was before Mm -hmm. and we're trying to return it to this. And, uh, you know, where uh, where did they get? whatever this stuff was that enhanced these various people uh are there any consequences to its use um who's behind all of it because uh, i don't think that we have seen the criminal mastermind yet and i absolutely believe that there is a criminal mastermind that is going to be behind all this and i'm curious about whatever the twist is going to be that marvel hits you with because there's always some kind of twist some kind of secret you know something that you don't expect and um you know i have uh i i just have no idea what that's going to be i mean although like i I, like you all i've been enjoying this stuff as it goes forward but look um you know we've only got a, a few minutes left we've talked about how we like it We've talked about where we see it going. Last thoughts on the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and, you know, maybe some of the different things we've talked about or anything that you feel like you haven't mentioned. And, uh, you know, Derek, let's start with you. Yeah, and I just want to give a big shout out to everyone at Marvel and the casting choices that they have made. I think they've been spot on. They've uh, hired some uh, well-rounded actors. I want to say again, uh, with Anthony Mackie and uh, Sebastian Stan, uh, they def- definitely get more, um, a lot more screen time because usually Captain uh, America is hogging up the screen when uh, they're around. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, we get to see them uh, act more. And again, I think uh, wonderful actors again. Uh, uh, and, and to see uh, Isaiah Bradley is his name. Uh, Mantis from when I was young. Awesome. <laughs> awesome to see him working. Uh, he's a, a fantastic actor. Marvel has, uh, and I think that's why they're winning also over DC. Uh, it's, it's just not the storylines. It's just not those. Uh, uh, it's the actors that they've chosen to be these people uh, is another reason Marvel's winning. And again, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and Chris Evans, man, the tent poles. I mean, these guys, man, these are pro pros. 
And uh, just to wrap it up, man, I, I love everything that Marvel's doing, man. They McDonald's to me right now, and I will go. I mean, they can, whatever they serve, and I'm eating. Yeah, especially the fries, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Julian, uh, last thoughts. Um, uh, I think they they're doing a good job with this show. It's keeping me interested. It's not um, not a chore. Wandavision <laughs> became a chore for me. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I I'm liking the characters. I'm liking um the showrunner is doing. I think this is one so far out of the two shows, the one that actually could make sense coming back. Seeing the adventures of uh with Sam and 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 Bucky, and their buddy cop role figuring discovering things out could i think work for multiple years if everybody's you know up to do it to you know get those paychecks it's a good show i'm entertained hopefully hopefully loki continues in the realm where i'm entertained well i realize that uh, the relationship between you and uh, anything marvel based is somewhat problematic and uh, you know so just the fact that you're watching and that it has held your attention, I think, is uh, is noteworthy. Um, the only thing that I have to say in a sort of in summation is that uh, this thing is extremely well put together. And you know, so often it's something starts out good and then by the end, you know, hey, it's like, like what you mentioned with WandaVision, Julian. <laughs> Starts out and then by the end it's like, oh damn! I yeah, I guess I got to close this thing out, you know. And uh, and whether or not the second act and the third act are really going to hold up, and uh, and how this thing, if if at the conclusion of it, if you're still going to want to watch it. I mean, because they've started some really interesting things in terms of the Falcon, Anthony Mackie, a brilliant young actor who is now finally being given something of a star vehicle. Um, are are we going to be able to take advantage of this? I mean, you know, so far in the first couple of episodes, it's like they've left some threads dangling, but it's the first couple of episodes. And so the viewer is left to wonder which threads are they going to pick up or are they going to be able to pick up all of them? And how is this thing going to sort of end up cohesively, you know? So, uh, and all of that, remains to be seen but uh in any case i would like to thank my panelists and you too for tuning in of course fantastic forum is also a television show check your local listings for the airtime in your area or simply visit the website at fantasticforum.tv we've got all the episodes of the television show in fact we've got the various segments broken out for ease of viewing you can also Tune in to the radio show not only on Saturday afternoons, but when the show re-airs on Thursday afternoons from 3 to 4. And if you're into podcasts and at this day and age, who isn't, you can find Fantastic Forum as a podcast. And there's all sorts of stuff that happens when we're recording the show that doesn't get in to the regular radio broadcast. Well, with the podcast, we've got time for that. There are no FCC rules about what you say. So all sorts of additional content on the podcast, which can be found on all the platforms where you can download podcasts, thanks to our friends at The Great Geek Refuge. And of course, come back again next week. Same bat time, same bat station. Have a great weekend. Make sure you stay safe.